0: And seeing my talk today is on boundaries that I seem to, I kind of got sort of semi-volunteered to do this one. But then I thought, "Oh well, I'll have a go even though I think boundaries is about something I'm probably terrible at. But I've learned some things. So I just, if we have a little bit of time, I'd like a few comments. And if anyone wants to add anything, please do. And I've also said to Landa, we've talked about this I'll probably forget some really important things, so, and she's taught this, so feel free, feel free to add some bits. So, um, boundaries. Well, as I said, I kind of accidentally volunteered or was volunteered, whichever way. Um, (coughs) Thank you, Lynn. Um, And as you know, I have a little bit of a thing that I do like to talk about, and that's vulnerability. Now, and I thought, oh, Now, well, where does boundaries come in? And suddenly as I started doing a little bit of reading, I realised that it's everywhere to do with vulnerability. And everyone who talks about vulnerability also seems to talk about boundaries. So I thought, okay, well, maybe it's time I stop avoiding all the books. You know, you get these great big manuals, so many books. Well, I never go into a bookshop and look for a book on boundaries. I mean, really, who wants to read boundaries? It's just, that's how I feel. Anyway, so I thought, um, just in case we've forgotten why it's important to be vulnerable, I do have a little sheet here that you don't have to take. It's a little recap on Brene Brown saying why vulnerability is important, and the only thing I'll read is, um, vulnerability is the birthplace of joy, gratitude, and happiness, so we know it's important. However, here's the bad part. To be vulnerable is to be undefended. This is a quote, this is not my words. No fortress walls around our hearts, no live ammunition to fire in self-defense. When we're vulnerable, we are open to being hurt. So you look up vulnerability in the dictionary, it says susceptible to physical harm, susceptible to emotional injury, susceptible to attack, open to censure or criticism. So when I started reading this, I'm thinking, no wonder it's so hard. No wonder we fight it, no wonder we don't really wanna go there. So then I started thinking, well, obviously we're not meant to just be, put ourselves in a place where we're under attack all the time, so how are we gonna manage this? Well, it's all to do with boundaries and boundaries is how we go about it. And so I thought I'd read a little definition here and then I'm gonna talk about something that's just been, since I said I would do this talk, a personal issue that has come up for me in the area of boundaries and so doing the research has helped with this issue. It's also the issue has helped with me understanding a bit more about boundaries. <clears throat> so I'll just read this little definition it says, even though vulnerability means we don't allow our fears and defences to rule our lives, vulnerability does not mean that we have no boundaries. Boundaries are very much a part of vulnerability. Boundaries are tools that allow us to respectfully, honestly and humbly communicate about our limits. Our yes means yes and our no means no. We do not feel compelled to share everything with everyone. We do not feel compelled to rescue others or to do things that are beyond our capability or power. Instead, we seek God's wisdom about what we share and about how we respond to the needs of others. And it covers other things as well, but we'll talk about that in a second. Just, I'm just checking my notes momentarily. So I think for the moment, I might say something else on the next page there. I might talk about my own little struggle and why this whole talk of boundaries has been helpful. And I'm actually getting hot. about that. Oh, thank you. So here is my struggle, and this has has come up, and it's a struggle that's going to come up a bit more, and it's over the plebiscite and the issue of same-sex marriage. Now, I don't want to talk about the issues here. That's not what I want to talk about today. You know, our pastors have done a great job, I think, talking about it, and the reality is, is that not all Christians agree on it, and so I don't want to talk about the issues, but my big thing is, <clears throat> what's really upset me is, the way I see people talking about these issues and the lack of respect. <clears throat> and this seems to have been coming up more and more for me. And what's really interesting with boundaries is that often we don't realise what our boundaries are until we're in a situation where we, that, where, you know, we suddenly realise what's really important to us. And I've been in a number of situations lately where it's just been all disrespect. And it's, I guess, especially since Andrew preached on it, I've thought a lot more about the issue of respect and realizing how, how much it's just not happening. I mean, it doesn't happen in politics. They don't discuss issues anymore. They just sling each other's, you know, they just sling each other and that's, scream and sling and, and, sling and, and put down their characters, you know. And that's what politics has become, unfortunately. To a large extent, it's not with everybody. Um, well, this is the issue that I had: is um, that I have a, a friend who has been quite a close friend. She's not. A, she's not a Christian. She was a Christian for a long time, but she's not at the moment. Um, I think the Lord still has a hand in her life, but <clears throat> we've shared lots of joys and sorrows over time. Um, And while we don't go into a lot of detail about our views, we know that we both have different views. And so, and that's been, I thought that was all fine. We're also Facebook friends. Now Facebook, I think social media can do some great things It can also do a lot of harm. So what she did was, um, she posted a comedy song that had swearing, mockery, shame, and I won't even repeat some of the words that were in this song. We're just, even, even my, you know, <clears throat> I know that some of my family who, who really don't mind a bit of swearing, there was one word in particular there that they object to. So you're kind of getting the impression that this song, so she posted it on Facebook. She knows I'm on Facebook. I don't check it all the time, but I do check it. And so here is this song, and I just thought, and she put above it, like he says, and I'm thinking, what am I supposed to think about this? And I was actually really quite hurt. Now, I rang her, and I just... And she thought I was upset because of the issues, you know, because we disagree. And I said, no, and I couldn't really get across the fact we've always disagreed. You know, that's not what the issue is. The issue is the way you've gone about this. She didn't really get it in that first conversation, and so eventually... I had to say it quite bluntly in the text, when you posted that, I felt. And so she said, I am really sorry that, you know, I hurt you, you know, I didn't mean to hurt you, it wasn't meant to be personal. (coughs) But then she went and put up another similar post. And I'm thinking, do you not understand? Did you not hear me? You know, I mean, I'm not. Anyway, this time I was a little shocked, I was hurt, and then I was actually angry. And I thought, well, this is all to do with boundaries. And so I'll tell you the way I've kind of tended to deal in the past with boundaries. There have been occasions where I have come out all fists and thrown a few daggers. And I have to be honest and say, just occasionally when you've been hurt, there is a moment where you're hurting someone back where it actually does feel good. Just for a little moment until the shame sets in afterwards and you think, oh my goodness, that was very bad. You know, so over time, it's not, my, it's, it's not my main way I deal with conflict, but it does happen from time to time. <clears throat> and because I suffer so much shame, I avoid that one. So the other way I have dealt with, you know, when I'm hurt, I'll do things like I'll say, you know, while there's a dagger sticking out of my heart, doesn't really hurt very much, you know? It's not that bad, really. And they didn't mean it. And yes, I'm bleeding all over the floor, but they didn't mean that, you know. So, and that's my other default position, which is probably my main default position of, it doesn't really hurt. And because, you know, I've added a little bit of a Christian theme in there, it's like, I'm meant to be a peacemaker and take the higher ground. And so I'm not gonna rock the boat, you know. And I've been realising more and more as time has gone on, the trouble is if someone has hurt you and you say nothing, what happens is over time that is just going to grow until sometimes it just explodes all out over the place, which is something that I've also done on occasions. So neither of those ways are particularly useful. So how do we go about being able to set healthy boundaries? And this has been quite a, a dilemma for me because I'm not really good at coming out and saying, You really hurt me. I mean, that was vulnerable for me to actually say it to her in the first place, and now she's done it again. I'm not just hurt, I'm also angry, you know? So I'm thinking, Well, I'm not going to sling, I've, and I'm not going to run away and pretend it doesn't matter. So I left it for a few days. I thought, Look, we're pretty close, we talk every week, I'll see what happens. Anyway, I just said, I need a bit of time. So then she messaged me and she said, are you okay? She said, you don't seem to have been yourself. Are you having anxiety? Or are you having a post-traumatic stress moment? You know, are you having one of your episodes? Well, it took me a long time to talk about PTSD. But when I start to feel comfortable in a situation, I'm quite happy to talk about it. Well, I will talk about it. It's not always comfortable. But this one was a little bit low. It's a bit like saying to us girls, if we're having, you know, if we're upset or we're hurt about something and someone says to us, is it that time of the month? And they totally dismiss what you've said. And look, maybe it is. You know, and maybe that's added to it, but maybe your hurt is genuine, but you've just been totally dismissed. So I thought, okay, she thinks I'm just going nuts and that's why I'm hurt. So I'm thinking, oh, well, this is, um, this is interesting. So anyway, <clears throat> so I said no. Anyway, she messaged me again and she said, because um, we're both going to a party on the weekend, same party. And she said, I don't want it to be awkward. She said, how's your anxiety going? You know, do you want to meet up before this time? So we, you know because it'll help you feel better. I'm thinking, you don't get this at all. So I said to her, I said, no, I'm not anxious, but I'm not comfortable. I said, but if you wanna talk about it, I'll talk about it. I did ask to talk with her before, but she said no. She wanted to have a text conversation, which I'm ashamed to say I entered into, which is the worst thing to do. Anyway, this time I just didn't do that. I said, if you wanna talk about it, happy to talk to you. So we have yet to work this. This is actually a work in progress, but what I realised is that it's something that happened, and I might not talk about it a lot more, but it's just something that happened um, just before and during um, when I went to the B school in New Zealand. Now, this didn't just happen. This work has, has been happening in me over really decades. But before we went to the B school, we all sat around and prayed for one another. There were nine of us going, eight from this church and someone from another church, and nine of us went. We all sat around and we prayed as a group for one another before we went. Well, it's a bit vulnerable when you're in the chair sometimes and everyone's praying for you, but then the thing is that they prayed longer for me than anybody else. And then I'm starting to think, Wow, they must think that I am really bad, that I need all this prayer. And I was starting to feel really uncomfortable about it. This is, you know, sometimes we actually all respond in funny ways and I do get quite vulnerable about many things. But I thought, well, I won't say anything and we'll see what the Lord does. And it was a lot about knowing that I was God's and knowing that I was loved. And and I thought, don't I know any of that yet? Do they think that I don't know anything? Anyway... (laughs) I've let it go and I thought, well, let's see what happens. And um, and so I realised, I will have a sip, thank you. And I realised that little by little something has happened and you see, one of the reasons it's been so hard for me to set healthy boundaries is all to do with my sense of self-worth. It's all wrapped up with my sense of self-worth My sense of shame and some of the shame I've carried was due to things that were not my fault. But some of the shame I've carried is over things that I have done. I could write pages of things and mistakes that I've made. And so some of the shame has been over things that I've done that I just cannot forgive myself over. And you know, when I thought about this, my first thought was, you know, when she was just twice, this friend so mocking, And I thought, well, haven't I done that in the past? And it's true. And when I say that I've done that in the past when I was much younger, I was exactly the same. And uh, even to the point where I had, I'm ashamed to say, except not shamed in that way that uh, I'm ashamed. But you know, um, I'm not proud, put it this way, I'm not proud of the fact that I even had two posters of satan on my walls you know I was um, a minister's daughter I did know better Um, and one of them was even satan in hell and you know and it was just but I look back now and I realize that God's grace has followed me all of these years and he looked at that and all of those mistakes that I've made and saw that I was actually hurting inside you know, there was a re- there's a reason sometimes why we do the things we do and I was actually hurting inside. And so I'm just so grateful for his grace for a start. But you see, the, tra- the fact is that because i felt so much shame over these things and many other things, it's been really hard for me to say to anyone, you can't treat me like that because I almost felt like I didn't have a right to stand up for myself. But little by little, God has been doing a work. And, um, and I realized that something has happened. It's happened, as I said, through these words. And all these words about knowing that I'm God's and that I'm loved. And the first thing I realized is that I don't deserve to be treated the way she just treated me. And not because I'm good, not because I'm perfect, but I, because I'm far from it. But because I am the daughter of a king. And all of a sudden it's like, ever since, and it's been happening, I'd love to say it happened through Father Heart and happened in an instant, it's happened over a long period of time, but little by little, I can actually say, I'm not perfect, but I am the daughter of a king and I deserved I deserved to be treated better. And one of the other verses that someone had for me, it was a scripture that someone had from the 23rd Psalm and they said, we're feeling this really strong, we don't know what it means, But I feel like the Lord is saying that he lays a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And my thought was, I don't want to be in the presence of my enemies. I want to be in the presence of my friends. But I just realized the same thing. I'm the daughter of a king. I deserve to be respected, not because of me, but because of who he is and who I am in him. But if I am not respected, then he is going to lay a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, I'm his and I've just had this sense of rejoicing in the middle of the pain because to say, you know, I've been really quite heartbroken over this and I've cried a lot of tears over this. But I'm also feeling this joy in this sense that I am my beloved's and he is mine. I'm the daughter of a king and he lays a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So, and looking at the time, I was going to say some other things, but I I don't know. So that was kind of the main thing, and that has been really such a revelation for me to even be able to say that and to really believe it in my heart. It's been a very long journey for me. But I know that now, and as I said, she actually wants to speak before... I see her at the party and suddenly I realize I can actually set a boundary now and be honest and say, it really did hurt me, but the second one actually also made me angry. And I don't have to be nasty about it. And I'll say, look, I value the relationship with you, but I also value myself now. And I, you know, boundaries are not about controlling someone else. Boundaries are just about saying how you wanna be treated you know, and what you're going to be prepared to accept. Um and we'll see what happens. As I said, this is an unfolding story. <clears throat> but I'm a bit excited that I actually believe that I'm a daughter of a king. And so all of those prayers that I felt so self conscious about, I thought, okay, now they make sense. <clears throat> and so here's another I'll just say this quickly, here's another reason why sometimes it's hard for us to to set boundaries. And it's about how we see the, the role of Christians. And you know, I always thought I meant to be a servant. I meant to just give and give. And you know, there was a time where I was giving into a situation, giving and giving and giving, because I thought, well, this is the loving thing to do. And one day I'm sitting in the car and I even got angry at God and I said, they don't appreciate me. And actually for that matter, I don't think you appreciate me either. Anyway felt like this very small voice said, I didn't ask you to do all of those things. And I thought, oh, okay, well I can't really whinge so loudly now. But I had to really look at, and we have different reasons for why we get caught up in this work cycle and different people have reasons for doing it. And again, it, for me, it was linked to my sense of self-worth. You know, I felt like I was doing the right thing, doing the good thing, and that made me feel better. And so I've had to look a lot in this issue. I guess I've been looking at boundaries for a long time, even though I I say I avoid them. You know, I haven't kind of been able to speak about them clearly, but this has been really helpful looking at all of this. Um, And so the last thing I was going to talk about, and I've got a really interesting article if anybody wants it. I can make a copy. It's called Codependency and Self-Care. You know, I remember the first time I realised I was acting in a codependent way because I'd seen codependent people as being a bit weak and pathetic. And I remember when I first recognised this and I said to my counsellor, I'm a weak, pathetic woman. Anyway, she said, no, you're someone who has a heart that wants to give. We just need to work on some boundaries. Um, But anyway, if anyone wants a copy of it later, it's got some it's got some interesting things to say and it talks about there's a section here on what would Jesus do and and you look at so many scriptures and some of them I haven't thought of but how well Jesus takes care of his own needs and this man was talking about Jesus in the temple when he was 12 and I never really thought I thought wow his parents must have been worried but this man, this man says when his parents come to find him obviously they were worried He doesn't apologize for what he's doing. Um, He doesn't take on their worry. He doesn't take on guilt for the fact that they worried. But he says to them, didn't you know I needed to be in my father's house? And I thought, wow, he knew who he was and what he was meant to be doing. It does say he went back and he was obedient to them, but he didn't apologize for what he'd done in that moment. Um, And I thought, that's so interesting. And you look at other things that Jesus did. He would go off when he needed time out, and he'd have time out. And this man says, you know, that he comes from a workaholic background. <clears throat> and he says if he could heal anybody, if he had the wisdom of Jesus, if he had the sense of security that Jesus had in his Father's love, he wouldn't take time out, but he would just make Every opportunity, he'd spend more time preaching, raising the dead, preaching, speaking about love. Cause surely we've got all these opportunities, um, and he said that's what he would do. But he said Jesus took time out. You know, it says he withdrew to lonely places. Um, you know, where he could spend time with his father. He knew that that's what was. It was really important for him to do that. And I thought, oh. These are some really interesting, anyway. There's a lot more things in this. um You know, and this man said when he started taking care of himself, his therapist, the first thing his therapist said to him was take one day off a week. And he said that was so hard. He really struggled to do it. But said now he enjoys his time off and he knows he needs it. Um, So if anyone wants it, I can bring some copies. I found that really actually quite helpful in looking at this. as a recovering codependent and a recovering many other things. I'm just basically a recovering mess. But nevertheless, I'm a daughter of the king. So I think I'll probably finish there.